Welcome to the Business Animal Podcast. Saddle up for a gallop to the top of the animal industry, where you'll learn how to tame your wild business beast with tips, techniques, and tools that will take overwhelm to obedience school and have you wagging your tail with joy. And now your hosts, Kim Beer and Kara Taylor Swift. Hey there, business animals. It's Kim with Be More Business. And Kara with Fast Horse Photography. Hi, Kim. Welcome. It's good to see you. It's been too long. I know. I feel like so amazing because I just wrapped up my last trip of the year. Ah, it's a good feeling. And I know this episode is going to go up really quickly. So I was so happy to see that airplane ticket back to KCI and back to Missouri and back to my home where I get to like stay for a whole like 12 weeks. I'm so excited to be here for like week after week week after week. And I know that sounds like really boring to some people, but I tell you, 2022 got me a little road weary. I was anxious to get out there and then I get anxious to get back home. Well, you were on the road, I mean, a lot more than I was this year. And nothing is better after a series of trips, just being able to be home in your office with your regular food, with your pets and animals around you and your own environment and your own bed. It's like the best feeling ever. So I'm glad you're back home. And I mean, most importantly, I'm just glad that I get to like start seeing you on a regular basis again on our Zoom chats and our recordings here for the Business Animal Podcast. <laughs> yes. And I'm so excited because I'm working. I, this is actually, and I think we've had this conversation in a podcast, but this time of year is my favorite time of year because this is the planning time for next year. And I mm -hmm. get so excited about planning and getting things launched. I'm in the middle of getting all of our retreat information up for Cowgirls with Cameras and getting my Gestalt retreat retreat information up and looking at different events for next year, planning out all of the things that I'm going to do and what's going to happen here on the ranch and with my own business and then working with you and Phyllis to plan out what's going to happen for Cowgirls with Cameras and then what's going to happen with the business animal. So it's just this really fun time of lots of growth and talking about ideas, which is the place that I love to live best. And I know that's a lot of talking that is going on in my world. Yeah. So what's our episode about today? Because I think that kind of relates. Well, we're talking about introverts today. It's been a while since we've had this conversation. And it's that time of year where I think as business owners, we're doing like more open houses. We're going out into the community and participating in fundraisers just different events all around. It's the holiday season. So, you know, we're going to be out a lot more than normal, just per usual. And for introverts like me, I know you're not an introvert, but as someone <laughs> no. like me who really does get over people sometimes, I thought this was a good episode for us to chat about, just kind of leading into this season of a time where extroverts really shine. And it can be a little more challenging for those of us that would prefer to be a little quieter, not out as much and need that recharge time. And my dogs are chiming in. So there's some construction work happening across the street. So you may hear them throughout this episode today. I apologize in advance. There are some extroverted dogs this morning. They want to make sure their voices are heard. <laughs> 
I absolutely love it. I don't think anybody minds and I was able to hear you just fine. So yeah, I mean, for me, I am a little exhausted even as high of an extrovert I am. So in the Kiersey Bates, which is the typology that I'm certified in being able to administer and facilitate, there's 10 points on the introvert to extrovert scale. And so if you are 10i, then you are as much of an introvert as you can possibly be. You don't have a lot of that balance for extrovert. And if you're a 10E, on the other hand, you don't have a lot of balance to uh, have that introvert side. And I happen to score on that test a nine towards the extrovert side. So I only have one little point of introvert to pull on. But I'll tell you, by this time of the year, my one little eye point is screaming and saying, hey, sometimes even I need a break from all of this. So I can imagine if you are pushing the other side of that scale with being an introvert, I can see where you would definitely be struggling, especially during the holiday season with all of the networking events and galas. I mean, my calendar, Kara, has already booked up with so many, because I belong to so many, I belong to networking organizations. I speak for SCORE. I've got all of the end of the year awards luncheons on my calendar. And so again, I, me as my extrovert, I look forward to that, but I would wager as there's a lot of introverts out there that look at their calendars this time of year and go, ha ah, no, <laughs> this just can't be happening. I mean, in my world anyway, there is a such thing as people exhaustion. I get overpeopled. And as much as I get excited about holiday parties and going out and, you know, representing my business at different fundraising events and events that happen this time of year, I can do it for a limited number of time, but then I get overpeopled. And I can just feel it. I'm exhausted. I start to feel, I mean, honestly, I start to feel physically ill to some extent if I don't take the time to take care of myself this time of year. I mean, I think that's a very real thing, being overpeopled or having people exhaustion. Absolutely. And so let's dive into our big three for this episode, because I think that we're ready to talk about number one, which is super important, is to understand introverts aren't defective. It's that's a big thing. And we'll we'll circle back to that because we're going to talk about that quite a bit because I think that there's a lot of people who mm-hmm. who kind of feel that way. Like, why can't you just pony up and go to more events? Number two on our big three mm-hmm. list is to create a strategy that works for you as an introvert. And we're going to have a, a couple of things. As a, <laughs> Kara's going to add more here than I do. I don't exactly have a lot of strategies as an introvert. I have a lot of strategies as an extrovert. Then the final of the big three is to get your yourself a designated extrovert as a business partner or a networking partner or a friend who can go out with you to events. And I can talk a lot about that because I serve in that extrovert role for a lot of introverts. But I think the first thing that both Kara and I want to make clear is whether you're an introvert or an extrovert, there is nothing wrong with you. No matter where you are on that scale, you are exactly in the place that you need to be. And I I think it bears repeating to remember that our temperaments and our typology and this indications, it's like anything that is a preference. And I always tell people it's like being right or left handed. You can be very, very right handed and your left hand can't do as much, but 
you all still have a left hand and you can pull on that. The same way goes with the other direction with left-handed folks. The problem is, is that we run into in our culture and our world is our world is really set up for right-handed people. And everything seems to be that way, right? <laughs> right, right. I can remember being so out of whack because there was a point in time on this ranch when I had three left-handed people and I was the only right-handed person. Everything here was ass backwards to me. Like when I would go to unroll a hose, I would go to unroll it and would roll it back up. And I'm like, what the heck? But it made sense to the left-handed people here. And they actually got to be the dominant presence for once. And I got to feel a little bit of how that felt to be on the outside of it. There's nothing wrong with being right or left-handed. There's nothing wrong with being an introvert or an extrovert. But our world is set up for extroverts, just like it is for right-handed people. And I think that a lot of time introverts feel persecuted because they're told, well, you just need to go out there and make friends and talk to people and use your words and practice and you can do it and rah, rah, rah. And it's extroverts telling them to do that. And I know from an introvert perspective, from my friends, my son is a big introvert. That doesn't work. Yeah. As the introvert in the room, I'm just going to say it. We as a society need to stop knocking on the introverts. I mean, there are some really valuable and underrated characteristic traits that we bring to the table and we bring to the business world in general. Yes. A couple of those, and I'm sure Kim will giggle as I'm saying this, but we can sometimes be a little better at thinking before we speak. We can be a little more, um, I figured that might make you laugh. Uh, we can put a little more time into observing, listening. We can be really good listeners and and really think about our statements and the things that are going to come out of our mouth in a way that works for us. I've managed businesses. I have ran nonprofits. I've been a leader. And I think that being an introvert actually helped in my leadership skills because I was able to sit with people, talk to people, really hear them, and then think about my response in a way that was really helpful for them. So I think that that it makes us good leaders. I also think that introverts are really great at relationship building. One of the things about introverts is we may or may not have a ton of people in our circle. Like we're not the person that's out at the social event and we have some recognition or knowledge of everybody at the event. But I guarantee that there will be a handful of people there that we know really, really well, that we have taken the time to build a really great relationship with. So we don't need to know everyone, but we really get to know the people that we know and interact with really well. And then I would also add that being an introvert can sometimes mean that we aren't the best at saying no to others. So sometimes our work-life balance, we really struggle with that. I know personally, boundaries and saying no has been something that I've always struggled with as a business owner. And people have asked me, you just don't seem to be as busy this year as you normally are in the crazy portrait season. And I'm telling them it's because this was the year that I really put my foot down and I set boundaries. And I really made a plan about what I needed for the year and I've stuck to it. And I'm really actually proud of that. So yeah, so we can sometimes have a really hard time saying no, we can be taken advantage of 
live in the business world if we're not careful. What do you think about that, Kim, as the extrovert in the room? (laughs) So I do think self-care is different for every one of us. And I think based upon what I know about the differences between introverts and extroverts, that self-care is at the Mm -hmm. opposite end of the spectrum. So I always like to think of introverts, if you're new to this conversation, there's two things I like to remember about introvert and extrovert differences. First of all, and you addressed this earlier and I giggled, is that introverts do think before they speak. Extroverts do not. There's like zero filter in my head. The filter is very, very thin. I'm sure that's not all extroverts, Kim. (laughs) (laughs) There's just not a lot. As a matter of fact, in order to process things, I almost have to hear it out my mouth in order to fully process it. So it comes out. Now, that's a blessing and a curse. It makes me really good at things like podcasting. It makes me good at speaking engagements. It also means that there are some things that come out my mouth that I'm like, oh, did I just say that? (laughs) Because there's no filter in there, right? So I end up hurting people's feelings, saying too much, just there's all kinds of things. Whereas an introvert has a very good filter. They roll it around. They think about how to say it. Now, the downside in a teamwork environment for that for introverts is that the extroverts take up all the oxygen in the room. And by the time the introvert has processed what they want to say, they aren't able to contribute because the meeting is over or the brainstorming session is done or the networking conversation is come to an end and gone on to somewhere else because extroverts are guiding the energy in the room. So I think for introverts, they have to remember, even if they have to circle back and come back into that business relationship and say, listen, at the meeting yesterday, I really wanted to add this and I didn't get an opportunity to, but now I'm going to come back in and this is what I wanted to add to that point. I know that that's a really important piece of things. So that's the filter. The second one has to do with the self-care, which is how you get your energy up. For an extrovert, I can be dog ass tired and go to a party and I will leave that party with more energy than I got there with. An introvert is exactly the opposite. (laughs) They can be riding and high. And by the time the party is over, they're like, I just want to go crawl under a blanket for a day. (laughs) So it's how we recharge. So for an extrovert, Mm self-care for me, when I start to get depressed or when I feel really low energy is to go find a group of people and to interact with them. And that will increase my energy. Whereas an introvert's self-care is to get away from all of that noise to go. It's not that they don't want any people. It's that they want the people in their lives that are close to them, that understand them, that they don't have to make that exhausting small talk with. That's my son's biggest pet peeve. He doesn't want to small talk with people. He hates the, hi, how are you? What have you been doing lately? Kind of conversation. But if you want to have a conversation with him that's in depth about something that he's interested in, oh my gosh, you can't shut him up. I mean, he will go and go and go. But that's the difference, right? Does that ring true for you, Kara? 
Yeah. It's so funny that you mentioned that about Nick, because one of the things I say to Ed all the time, you know, this time of year, I end up having to go to holiday parties with him for his business a lot. And the one complaint that I always say to him every year is the worst part is what I call the surface conversations, which (laughs) is the small talk. It feels like the fakest conversations where you're chatting with people, but there's no depth or anything to it. And it drives me insane. I know we're going to roll into the next one, which is I have a little bit of a strategy for that, which has always helped me. But to circle back too to the piece where you were talking about being the loudest voice in the room and extroverts can be like really loud and introverts can sometimes miss getting to speak up and need to circle back. That is something that's present throughout our lives as introverts. Like I remember being in school and my parents getting reports that I wasn't a good participator like in group discussions and, you know, like groups, I was doing the work, but I hated every minute of the group work. The participation factor, like when you're graded on participation or even in like work meetings, when you're sitting around a table, you know, that participation, well, who's contributing? Who's contributing to these conversations? If you have to spend time thinking, processing, you want to make sure that what you say is what you're comfortable saying and what you really mean, then sometimes you get like the low mark on the participation scale. Absolutely. I always got in trouble for participating too much. (laughs) There was more than one corporate training session where I got sent first to the back of the room and then back to my desk because it's like, you have too many things to add. Like we hear too much from you. Put your hand down. Put your hand down. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, put your hand down, put your hand down. Yeah. It's an important designation to make because to be honest, we need to understand each other. That's the whole premise behind temperament and typology. It's not to pigeonhole you into a certain thing. It helps with your own self-understanding. I mean, I think I found some freedom in knowing that extroverts don't have a lot of filter and that's kind of who I am. So I need to watch myself a little bit better. But the bottom line is to understand each other. It's to understand when I'm in a meeting with Kara and we get to talking about things. Now, with just one-on-one, it's not that case. But if we're in a group with a whole bunch of people, right. I will tend to take over the conversation. So as an extrovert who understands my introvert business partner, it's always good for me in those situations at the end of the meeting or when things are starting to wind down or something to look to Kara and say, do you have anything you would like to add? And to open that space to allow the introvert the time to to add their two cents in, to remember that. And on the other hand, I also ask Kara, you know, if we're in that same business meeting situation and I'm giving away the farm, you know, kick me under the table and say, hey, (laughs) install a little filter, (laughs) would you? So yeah, don't hover over the hole in the filter. Go back to a part that has a little filter. So yeah, I mean, it's understanding. And the introverts in the room need to take some ownership of that as well, because it is not uncommon to let the person that wants to do all the talking do all the talking. Like, go ahead and be my voice. You know what I want. You know what I need. You know what I mean? It's easy to do that. Like we talk about the number three, the designated extrovert. Like we can't totally rely on them in those situations. (laughs) (laughs) Well, there's sometimes when there's a whole room full of introverts and somebody's got to step up to the plate. There is no extrovert hanging out to do all the gabbing. (laughs) Ding, ding, ding. (laughs) So let's talk about some strategies strategies, Kara, from your perspective about how do you navigate this very, and, and, and to say that culture is set up for extroverts and favors them is one thing. It's 
like quadruply more apparent in businesses because of all of the interactions mm-hmm. that we have to have that it becomes more difficult for introverts. So what are some of your strategies that you utilize in order to be able to be successful at business? That's such a good question. I'm going to actually deal where you have a little note here about making intentional goals that you can reach. And you and I have spoken about this before. One of the things that I can say is that that is such a kindness to the introvert to be able to say, you know what, I'm going to go to this party. Or I'm going to go to this event. I'm going to go hang with these people. And my goal tonight is I'm going to make two connections or three connections, and I'm going to get business cards or contacts. And and then when that's done, everything after that is a bonus. If you leave and shoot out of there after 45 minutes and you've hit your goal, then you're okay. That's a forgiveness and that's a kindness to an introvert. So I love that we introduced that before on the show. One of the things that I like to do before a networking event is to try to get an idea in advance of who I'm going to be meeting. So for example, if I'm going with my husband to one of his work events, I will ask him, well, who's going to be there? You know, who are the people in their room? What kind of businesses do they have? Can you tell me a little bit about this? And I find it really is helpful by just making it easier to introduce myself and have instant conversation. I hate surface conversations. So if I know somebody in the room, for example, has horses and I can buddy up to them and I meet them, I can instantly have something that feels like a deeper conversation topic that I know something about and I can talk to them about. One example, if I know Emily owns and operates a pet bakery, I can immediately connect with her as a business owner by mentioning to her that, you know, I have three giant dogs that eat a lot of treats and love love bakery items and I need to come visit your business. And to me, that's bigger than just saying, oh, hello, tell me a little bit about your business. Like I'm digging deeper. I'm building a connection a lot quicker, which allows me to get to that deeper level that I need as an introvert. So I may not walk around and get a skim of everyone in the room, but there may be two or three people that I connect with and I dig a little deeper and learn a lot more about them. And I guarantee at the end of the night, I'll probably be one of the people that they remember because we had a really more intimate conversation about their business and about our connection. So I don't know. Does that make sense? What I said there? It does. It does. And I'm I'm just thinking about like when we have people, so we do an interview process for the people that come to our retreats mm-hmm. at Cowgirls with Cameras. And that is kind of like a little application process. And I know for you, you always prepare for those by looking at that mm-hmm. individual social media when they make the appointment. I mean, you know a lot about them when we yep. head into that meeting. So you can ask really intelligent questions, whereas I sort of fly by the seat of my pants. Typically, I'm like looking at their name right as I'm dialing into Zoom. It's just a different approach. And I don't think that one Mm -hmm. is necessarily better than the other, but I think it's important to find what works for you. I get so distracted in the way that my brain works. All of the research that I've done, I can't remember it by the time I get to the meeting anyway. So it gets kicked out for other information. Yeah, I don't it, think that has anything to do with extrovert, by the way. That's just me. <laughs> 
Well, it definitely makes my little introvert heart happy by over-preparing for some of these situations. As an introvert, I find that it's so much easier if I'm going to chat about things, if I have prepared a little bit about what I want to talk about. So if I know that the meeting is going to be about a particular topic and I know that's going to be covered in the meeting, I can spend a little time prepping. It's the same thing for, you know, sometimes when we do recordings, like you can hop on and you can talk about any topic pretty easily, whereas I have to spend time kind of prepping and feeling more comfortable with the conversation if I'm going to contribute to it. I'm definitely the person, and this always makes me makes my husband laugh, but I'm definitely the person where if I have like a group date planned with some of my girlfriends and we're just going to go hang out, I have a whole list tucked away on my phone of potential conversation topics. Like it could be like world event stuff, news, you know, just anything in general, because nothing makes me more uncomfortable than awkward silences. So trust me to be the one to like keep the conversation rolling. Even though I'm the introvert, I'll have the questions ready because awkward silences for me are worse than having to speak as an introvert. (laughs) Oh my, there's a whole piece of gestalt work in that that we need to have someday. But but what is interesting, like like I so much want to ask you right now, like where did that happen in back in the back? But okay, but that all aside, it's I just want to be a helpful, that's all. I see that. But what gets me is this is where people think you're an extrovert. Like I think people are surprised because yes. you're not just an introvert. You are a high introvert. It's not like a like a small yeah. or like a big number there. It's yeah. definitely you are a high introvert. People are always surprised that I identify as an introvert. Mm -hmm. Yeah, because when I need to be on, I am prepared to be on. But then let me tell you, my crash is big. Yeah. Well, that's because you've worked so damn hard getting up to that point. I mean, that's one of the questions (laughs) I had for you was that, you know, like for these, you prepare a lot. And I know that in your former career and even in the career that you have now, especially with Cowgirls with Cameras and us doing so much more teaching and and educational stuff and hands-on things Mm -hmm. with the students and people who participate in that business, you have to be the spotlight, which is one of the things that introverts kind of dread, I think, is that. But so your strategy for that is to be so prepared that there's no possibility of failure because you've got 10 backup plans in case something happens <laughs> with with like no awkward silences. I, I love that. Yeah, I do not mind my moment in the spotlight as long as I'm prepared for it. And, yeah. and, and I want to make that, I want to clarify that, like unexpected questions, like that doesn't bother me. But as long as I understand what I'm talking about and I can contribute adequately, I'm comfortable with those situations. But I do prepare. That's just my nature. The other piece that I would add in regards to like the social activities is if you are expecting to do any kind of follow-up with your contacts that you made, as an introvert, don't postpone those follow-ups. Like it can be really easy to go home, feel over-peopled, take a week off talking to people and then be like, okay, I'm ready. Now I need to contact all these people that I connected with. The longer that you wait the harder it will be to send the email or make the phone call. So that is one thing that I have implemented is after an event, I, we just recently had um, a Cattlemen's Association event that I had a booth at, made a ton of great connections, got a bunch of new emails that people that wanted to be on my list. I set a goal for myself that within two days I would have 
correspondence out to those new connections. And I did it. But making that happen and making that a priority is really important. It is. And I do want to say there's more letters in your typology than just the introvert extrovert. Like that doesn't control everything. And some of the strategies that Kira is giving you come from her, the last letter in her typology. And that is that she's a J. So J's are tend to be more organized. They like to have things more organizationally put together. And she's also an S and an F. So S's want things very data-driven and F's are big heart people. So they don't like those awkward silences because that might mean somebody's uncomfortable in the room. And that would not be a good thing for an F. So That's another strategy that you can use when you understand your full temperament is you can start to pull on the other parts of your temperament or typology that can assist in you being able to navigate the extrovert world as an introvert. So you can take a look at, do you have a big heart for people? And if so, you're going to want to make sure they feel comfortable. Do you have those organizational skills you can pull on? If you are a P side of that equation, which I happen to have that letter with my extrovert, I can tell you that sometimes over-preparing is not something you're going to be able to do. It may not pull off as a good strategy for you. So you have to find the strategy that works for your introvert along with that more less planned, I'm just going to say less planned, more creative, more spontaneous side of your temperament. And the same thing goes for NF as well or an NT. So understanding all of those letters and how they work together and what your preferences are in each one helps you be able to strengthen whatever other thing that you're trying to accomplish, like being an introvert in an extroverted business meeting. So I just wanted to add that in. So So are we ready to move on to number three? I think we are. So that's where you get your designated extrovert as a business partner or a networking partner. So I've been that and but I'm going to let you talk first. Well, when I look back on my life, so I really like this one because when I look back on my life, I realized I was doing this all along without knowing I was doing this. Like my best friend in high school was definitely an extrovert. And if it wasn't for her, there are so many things I probably wouldn't have done just because she was the one that was like, let's go to this party. Let's go to this event. Let's do this. Let's, you know. And I probably would have been content to just chill or have like a low key night with friends, you know, like, so I have done this my whole life. Unintentionally, I have seeked out the introverts and we've become buddies. I mean, even you, the introvert in my life, you're just like that for me. (laughs) And they really do push you out of your comfort zone. And it's so essential. Like, I love that so much. So how would you use this strategy? Like, how have you seen introverts use this strategy? I have personally been the designated extrovert for a whole bunch of introverts. I have seen them walk (laughs) alongside me at a networking event and just sort of stand quietly as I introduce myself to people 
people. And then, of course, if they're standing there, it's rude not to introduce them. So I introduce them. And typically, like you go out and research and over prepare the conversation topics. To me, they pop up right off at the top of my head. So I will generally create that conversation topic for those two people. And I may walk off and leave the introvert with the person I just introduced them to. And typically, I want to do that. But I'm also a a savvy networker. I love to be that person in the room who knows everybody and what they're good at, and then introduces them to somebody else who wants to meet that particular person. You like being the connector. I do. I like making connections and like seeing those thrive and, Mm -hmm. and to be out into the world. So that is a huge way that my introvert friends and business partners and networking people utilize my extrovert skill is they just sort of hang out as wingman until I get the thing going. And then once that is going, then they're able to take it and run with it from there. And it works out really, really well because an introvert does have really good listening skills and an extrovert doesn't. So it doesn't always, I shouldn't say doesn't, but it's, let me put it this way. I have had to take a lot of extra education and a lot of extra practice to become a better listener, which honestly, I think everyone on the planet should go through anyway. Everyone needs to do. But it's, yeah, we do not listen in our culture. We just don't. It's not part of our modus of operandi. It's it's more of a, we listen to respond. We don't listen to understand. So that's a big trip up in our culture. And introverts are better at the part of that that helps you understand people. At any rate, so I've seen them do that. I also have had introverts sit with me and say, if this was a presentation that you had to give, or how would you structure the conversation? Because I do think extroverts are really good at pulling out what they want to say and coming up with the ideas. So it comes right out of our mouths and introverts can take note of that and be able to utilize it for mm-hmm. for their purposes to be able to instead of having to spend so much time. In other words, I think that I've been part of an introvert's be over prepared plan. <laughs> I, I've been on the interview schedule for that. <laughs> So, yeah, so those things. (laughs) And I do think that it's wise, and I know Kara has said this many times in this podcast, it's wise to understand where you are not as strong as somebody else. And in your business, to be able to pick up either an employee or a business partner or at least some other person that can help balance that so that it's a little bit more even. In other words, shoring up those spots where you might struggle into having someone to come along. So that's kind of a third way that I think introverts can partner up with extroverts. And like I said, I work with a ton of artists and artists do tend to have a little bit more introverted population than other groups of people. 
And I know for me, they've also looked to me to help them with how do I say something or how do I ask for this? And I think it helps them. I don't know if they do it once they leave my presence, but at least they ask the questions. All right. That is awesome. Well, I hope that those of you that are listening that are maybe starting to feel a little anxious about all of those social activities that are coming up for your animal-based business, that you got something out of this today. Just a recap. I want to remind everyone, introverts are not defective, so stop knocking on the introverts. They typically have some very valuable and underrated characteristic traits. Number two, create a strategy that works for your introvert self. So be really thinking about ways you can recharge and then ways you can really harness the work that you do. And then third, it is nothing wrong with getting yourself a designated extrovert as a business partner or a networking partner. So we hope you guys have enjoyed this episode today. If you did, please let us know. We would love to hear from you. If you aren't already following us online, you can find us at The Business Animal on Instagram and Facebook. And don't forget to please rate and review. That really helps us get found by other animal-based business owners out there. Yay! Thanks for listening to this episode of The Business Animal. Be sure to subscribe so you never miss an episode. And if you learned something today, leave us a review. To learn more, find us at thebusinessanimal.com. We'd love to hear from you. Until next time, keep your business well-trained with The Business Animal.